Hi folks, this is Mary Claire Erdenast. Welcome to Play for Keeps podcast. We're recording new plays as podcasts in Ashland, Oregon, as a part of the Ashland New Plays Festival. This episode is part two of the pod play recording of 2016 Kilroy winning play Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke. If you haven't listened to part one of Brilliant Works of Art, go check out last week's podcast for the first half. This recording of Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke features Anthony Heald as Grant, Stephanie Potter as Abby, Ramon Zaragoza as James, and stage directions read by Brandy Carson. Make sure to join us in Ashland, Oregon, October 16th through the 20th for readings of Starter Pistol by Michael Gotch, Pelicans by David Johnston, The Night Climber by Joshua Rubel, and an honorable mention of the 2019 Kilroy's List, The Way North by Tira Palmquist. As a reminder to all playwrights, Ashland and New Plays Festival is now accepting play submissions for the 2020 Fall Festival. Go to ashlandnewplays.org to find out more. Please enjoy this recording of Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke. Scene 7, February. James and Abby's Apartment. Several of James's art pieces are around, including a new, half-finished torso woman. The table has wine glasses and candles on it. James holds a letter in his hand. James reads letters silently. Abby enters with a bottle of wine and a corkscrew, holds bottle out to James. This is what you bought? Can we afford this? In the sense that we should treat ourselves to what we deserve, that we will, in turn, see ourselves as deserving. Absolutely. So we can't really afford it, but you just said fuck it? James balls up the letter and throws it. You bought it for my show. That was a special occasion. Abby opens the wine and pours glasses over the next lines. Okay, then fuck it. In the pyramids of wine, I'm sick at being at the bottom. In the pyramids of everything, I'm sick of being at the bottom. Did that attitude come with the new wine? I'm just pointing out that wine is no different than anything else in life. And everything in life, not just food groups, is a pyramid? Indeed. The top, the bottom, the middle. Abby hands James a glass and clinks him. Happy Valentine's Day. For example... Abby lights candles on the table, dims lights. For example... Art. Oh, choose that at random, did you? <laughs> at the top, those who are so good, so rare, they can't not get discovered. The talentless crowd is at the bottom, wondering why nobody appreciates them. In the middle, the rest. They have flashes of brilliance, maybe in the wake of such a flash, or maybe even in a flash of mediocrity, one might get dropped into the right set of fortuitous cir- circumstances. He becomes one of the lucky ones. One who is afforded an alternate route to the top. It's lonely at the top. At the top is what we want. Love, acceptance, recognition, fame, self-worth, children, no children, wealth, all of it. Don't you envision yourself as the next Gloria Allred? Not really. I picture myself doing something more quiet, like estate law. No spotlight, just helping people get their affairs in order, kind of like a social worker. But... To be the best estate lawyer you can be, you must still keep the summit. The summit? In view. You don't need to be dropped on the summit. You have the talent to make the climb yourself. I fear I don't, Abs. I have passion, commitment, but no fortuitous circumstances. How can you say that? That Mr. Barrington guy 
said you had a gift. He said a lot of things. So maybe you should listen. Because we sat here a month ago and toasted your first show. At almost 30. 30 is the border between aspiring and a joke. You had a lot of traffic and you sold pieces. You have orders for more. You'll have income from art, James. James gets up, grabs a box of the index cards, confessions, and dumps it all over the table. That is not art. I don't understand. Boxes, boxes of these. That's great. It's bullshit. James picks up the letter from the floor, throws it at her. Abby unballs the letter and reads. Regret to say that with so many applicants, our decision was very difficult but we ultimately chose artists who embrace the vision that we're trying to... Letter after letter, rejection after rejection. I've gone from making art to making entertainment. Everybody wants a piece from the Craigslist confessor. Get the assembly line rolling, mass fucking production. It's nobody's vision of anything. So what? Everybody wanted a Picasso, no matter how many he churned out. They're still his original creations. Original. Each conceived uniquely. People want confessions on picture frames, mirrors, decoupage on chairs, faux confession furniture, bonafide confessions on every one. My father is proud and I'm disgusted. You're framing it all wrong. You'll have income and that income will give you freedom to be an artist and drink this wine. What does it matter where the money comes from? If it gives you freedom to do what you want. It's deceitful. Dualism. I will fill these orders and then there will be a quiet funeral for the confessor. Nobody will attend. I will not mourn because once he's buried, there is work to do. James, think about the future. Our future. The summit, right? It's a way to get there. No. Being the Craigslist confessor is not the sum total of what I have to offer. I'm cheating my muse if I accept that it is. Cheating. Why do you worry about cheating her? Look what she does to you. She leaves you in the lurch, disappears for weeks, makes you frantic looking for her. If we're together and she shows up, you drop everything to be with her. I've never denied that. She doesn't love you. I never asked her to. She's not real. Abby gets up, goes to the torso sculpture, shakes it at James. She punches it. Look! She doesn't cry. Abby. Abby mutilates her some more, tears at her. Completely impassive. She doesn't care, but you do. I can destroy her, and you'll be there, ready to do anything to make her whole. Would you ever do that for me? You're being irrational. No, I get it. You two are just alike. Soulless entities who can't connect with human beings. You can never give yourself completely to anyone. Love means nothing to you. There. Your secret's out. Slap it on a fucking lamp and make it real. Wow. That's what you think. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I just... I just can't compete. There's always someone, something in the way. See, this is what always happens. I tried to explain. I warned them. I thought you understood. You said you understood. I do. I think I do. I just... Is it too much to ask? (laughs) To be first sometimes? Abby holds the trashed mannequin. Is you know what the difference between us is? The real secret? Your needs come first. I will never leave you. James gently takes mannequin out of her hands. Come on. James leads Abby back to the couch. Abby, 
I love you. But I need her. For what? To feel. <laughs> I don't know. Whole. Alive. Useful. Just to feel. Without her, I'd be... Shit. She really is the other woman. No, Abs. You are. I have to choose. Lights out. Scene 8. March. Terrace of Abby's new apartment. Evening. Terrace is lit by outside light. Grant sits on a love seat with an after-dinner drink, reading his iPad. Abby enters with a glass of water and a blanket. She hands the water to Grant. Abby is a bit fragile. Drink this cookie. You'll get dehydrated. Grant sets down his drink, takes the water from her, drinks some, puts it down. More. Grant drinks half the glass and alternates drinks throughout. I love how you remember those minute details. The best always do. Maybe because the best actually care. Come here. Abby takes a seat next to him and puts the blanket over them. You can come closer than that. Abby moves closer. I was paying you a compliment. I know. But you're still... Is this because I was late with your birthday card this month? You've never been late before. But I did make an effort to find you an adorable belated card. It made you laugh. <laughs> I thought you forgot. Never. An angry baby is a dangerous baby. I wouldn't have been angry. Sometimes I like to forget. Until your next bill arrives, perhaps. Well, it won't happen again. Let me pour you some brandy. Grant rises to pour drink, stops to admire view. Ugh, to unseasonable weather. Even at night, this view never disappoints me. You should see it in the morning. The sunrise is stunning. I often imagine you enjoying it. It pleases me. It would please me if you would stay over. I thought when I agreed to take this place... It's not so easy. You travel for business all the time. What's one more night? One more night away from my family. Grant hands Abby her brandy. I know you wouldn't want me to arouse suspicion at home. It gets lonely. Lex and Rachel are never home anyway. You said so yourself. I miss James. Still haven't heard from him? Nope. But... He needs to concentrate. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity for him. I know that. It hurts. I'm sorry. But you have this oasis now. And look how quickly you settled in. Mm, because you already furnished it. <laughs> we need to populate the walls. We can go gallery shopping. Oh, do you know a thing or two about art? Oh, look at that. My sassy girl is rebounding already. This is a new beginning for you. Abigail's mm. place. Mm. It's been a long time since I've had my own space. When we moved, after my dad died, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and I got the couch, which was awkward because I always had to meet the guys my mother brought home through the living room. That was no life for you? But it was. My autobiography will be called A View from the Couch. <laughs> <laughs> I studied to win the sixth grade spelling bee on it. I got sick on it. I lost my virginity on it. Ooh, do I want to hear about that? We stayed together all through college, but there was a college girlfriend, and he married her. Imagine. It doesn't mean it wasn't love. You know, I don't even know if there was a trust fund or if it just became an easy lie to explain 
why there was never any money. Maybe she gave it all to those guys, I don't know. Once, my mother came home by herself, and we sat on the couch and watched SNL. <laughs> do you do that? Spend time with your kids? Sometimes. Mm. What do you like to do with them? Emerson likes me to read to him, even though he's old enough to read to himself. Mm, because you have such a beautiful voice. You never told me that. Yeah, it's very calming. What about Grant Jr.? Oh, he's tougher to pin down these days. Girls hold far more sway than his old dad. Like father, like son. You must be proud. In most respects, I am very proud. But uh, I would worry for any child who were too much like me. <laughs> I didn't think you worried about anything. If it seems that way, it's only because when I'm with you, I wish to leave my worries at the doorstep. Tell me one of your worries. Ah... <sighs> Things come easily to me, Abigail. Or perhaps I have just mastered the art of making it seem so, just by refusing to accept that which I do not like. I would make a stellar politician, you but would. too much digging would be my undoing, I'm afraid. And you'd lose your Midas touch. I'd lose my family. My parents divorced when I was ten, and it's imperative that I not visit a similar situation on my children. Ever. But then what? Why do I do this when it puts my family at risk? I consider giving it up. When? Frequently. But not tonight. I just agreed to move in here. And now you have moved worry in along with you. Which is why I shouldn't share my concerns. There's... Grant kisses her. There's something you're not telling me. Have we known each other so long that I've become transparent? Soon we'll be like an old married couple. Would that be so horrible? I am already married, Abigail. Marcine. Yes. And Marcine is, well, pregnant, actually. Abby slaps Grant, spilling his brand. Abigail! How long? Does it matter? Yes. Almost six months. Six months? Why didn't you tell me? It didn't seem relevant. And then it didn't seem prudent, which you have proven by ruining my favorite cashmere. Did you plan it? Abigail, it can't be a revelation that I still have relations with my wife. Abby picks up Grant's iPad, stands up. What are you doing? Maybe it will be a revelation to Marcine that you are having relations with me. Abby hits FaceTime app, sound of phone dialing. Give me that. Abby dodges him and Grant lunges for her. Abby holds the iPad above her head as it continues to ring. It is facing away from her. Grant Jr. picks up. Dad? Abby and Grant both struggle to get in view of the iPad. Grant has Abby pinned. Lesson eight. Never let anger get the best of you. I don't care about your fucking lessons. Dad, what was that? Are you there? Grant overpowers Abby and walks away from her, leaving her in a defeated heap. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Daddy just did butt dial. <laughs> On FaceTime? Uh, maybe an elbow dial. Sorry. Will you be home soon? Very soon, son. Tell Mom, okay? Sure, Dad. Signing off. Love you. Love you, buddy. Grant signs off, flops on chair in relief, turns to Abigail. Know this. I will never get caught again. You are fortunate this did not progress any further. Or what? What's it to me if you get caught? Grant rises to leave. Where are you going? Home. 
don't. You will not put me at risk. That was my son. I wasn't thinking. thinking. You must always think, Abigail. You threatened me. You threatened my family. You promised me trust and discretion, and you betrayed me with a petulant tantrum. Grant moves toward the door. Grant, please. I didn't mean to. I, I was hurt. I don't know how else to explain this. There is my family, and there is us. One does not diminish the other. I am happy with us. As am I. We move through life in the same way, don't we? But you must understand. I... <laughs> He's very handsome. Abigail. He looks like you. Abby. Is it a boy or a girl? A girl. <sighs> You're going to be a great dad for a little girl. Grant sighs, returns to the love seat. Come here. Abby slowly gets up and joins Grant. I want you to think about something, okay? Can you do that for me? If things were to work out with James, James. If things were to work out with James and you got married. James isn't going to marry Abigail, me. Listen. If things were to work out with James or even another man you love, do, do you this. think I, I would stand up at your wedding and try to stop it? Why? Why wouldn't you try to stop it? You know the answer to that. And And if you and James were to have a baby, what do you think I would do? Open a college account from an anonymous uncle? Ooh, that's not a bad idea. But I would also wish you well. Because you wouldn't care. Because I care. How little no, you and... I needed to know. I'm, I'm glad you told me. Now, may we pretend that I have not? I don't want to leave on such a dour note. <sighs> You're leaving already? It's nearly 11. Grant rises to head inside. And your family is expecting you. Yes. Oh, I almost forgot. Grant reaches into his inside pocket, pulls out a package of sugar babies candy, shakes the bag, hands <laughs> it to Abby. Look what I found. <laughs> Where did you... Grant silences her with a long and tender kiss. Good night, Abigail. Grant exits. Abby takes a seat on the couch, opens the package, eats a candy. Abby turns off the light and sits in the dark. Scene 9. April, terrace of Abby's new apartment. Abby deadheads spring flowers on terrace, turns around to see James standing there. She is startled. James. You should lock your door. What are you doing here? I took a weekend pass. I mean, why are you here? I missed you. How did you find me? Lex and Rachel said you haven't been around, so I followed you after class. You could have called. I was afraid you wouldn't answer. Why? Because you took off for this fellowship Residency. without even saying goodbye? I said goodbye. A note? That There wasn't time. And I suppose you've just been sculpting your fingers to nubs for the past month, which has made it impossible to call or text or write another note? I didn't know what to say. Mm, dear Abby, I'm a coward, James. Okay, fair. Afraid of success, afraid of commitment, afraid that if I don't succeed, nobody will want my commitment... How can I be good enough if I'm not good enough for me? You don't measure love by the number of pieces you sell. But maybe by the courage of your convictions. Making this decision gave me that. I would have encouraged you. I would have been happy for you. I had to find out for myself. And now you have. That's my whole point. It was exhilarating. 
of fantasy life, eating, sleeping, breathing, creativity. Each day, my only goal was to take that energy and transform it. And do you have something to show for your singular focus? An exhibition. <laughs> A pretty big one. That's great, James. But as you can see, I was very busy before you arrived. Deadheading is a job best done without distraction. Abby turns back to flowers. It could be better, Abs. I could be better with you. Abby stops work for a moment, then continues deadheading. The truth is, you inspired the whole confession thing. You were my muse. You are my muse. For art. For life. You said the confessions aren't art. They're art we created together, which means it's the most significant work I will ever produce. I love you. James. I suck at this, but if you'll give me a chance— And just like that, I'm supposed to say that everything's okay? James reaches into his pocket and pulls out a necklace. You're supposed to say, you'll be mine. Uh, that's not a ring. It's a necklace my mother gave me. When we're ready, we'll design our own rings. James puts the necklace on Abby. Say yes, Abs. Please, say yes. I promise it will be everything you've always wanted. Yes. Yes. James and Abby kiss. When they break, James looks around as if noticing where they are for the first time. Whose place is this? Uh, this rich finance guy. He travels a lot, and he doesn't like the place to be empty, so I house it. What does that mean? I come in, take care of the plants, turn on the lights, and make some noise. I, I can stay here whenever I want, study, have some quiet... And then he lets me know when he's coming back, and I have some groceries waiting, some wine. Hmm. That is some view. I can get used to this. Don't. It's not home. When I get back next month, I want us to have a home. In the meantime, you want to see the inside of this one? Mm -hmm. Take me. Abby takes James' hand and leads him inside. Lights out. Scene 10. May... Abby and James's new apartment. Boxes are everywhere, and there are just a few furnishings. Lights are out. Off stage, Abby and James talking as they approach their apartment. It's beautiful, Abs. Like a real show. Little placards next to every piece with no typos. You and your Abby Gates extracentric grammarian skills will probably suss out some misused semicolon, but don't tell me, okay? What I don't know won't hurt me. Promise. They even asked me about the menu. <laughs> you should have heard me pretend to know about crudite and caviar. Ah, a taste of what you deserve. Lex and Rachel have to award it the art opening buffet blue ribbon. It's going to be grand. A true grand opening. I am so proud of you. <laughs> be proud of us, baby. We are... James turns on light to reveal Grant sitting on the couch. James's original torso prototype is next to him. Holy shit. Grant? Grant. How did you get in here? You know Mr. Barrington? Who? Uh, him. He bought that from my show. You're Mr. Barrington? In discretionary times, yes. This is not discretion. And so I am Grant. Grant Parrish. Hi. 
Abby? You can't just break into our apartment. You should lock your door. I did. I... You can't just come in here. This is our home. Sacred, is it? I should not be here. But wasn't James in my home not so long ago? I don't even know where you... You said that was mine. I would have thought certain conditions were implicit. Get out. Get out. Don't you even want to know why I'm here? I don't care. I care. I want to know why you're here. I brought you a housewarming gift. The torso. We don't want it. Abby. But she's right, mister. Mister, you paid very generously for it. I don't have the money to buy it back from no, you. No, 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 no. It's a gift, as I said. I think it's best for you to live with it. Your prototype. Your first secrets. A reminder about the importance of honesty is apt for lovebirds. Well, thank you. And please... Don't let us keep you. I still don't know how you know him, Abs. Abs? Oh, that's charming. Abby opens the door and Grant walks towards it, then very deliberately closes it, turns back. All these secrets. Do you ever think about the people to whom they belong? Their stories? Those they keep in the dark? That's the whole appeal. James, you don't have to listen well, reading to Reading them, wondering if sending them off ease some guilt... Marveling at the levels of shame, the shades of morality. It is indeed fascinating. I mean, what kind of woman do you suppose writes, I am in love with a dork, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed because my friends don't approve? Someone shallow? Someone who doesn't trust love? Grant? I don't know. Or how about, I once gave a hand job <laughs> to a stranger on an airplane. Don't you wonder? How old is she? How old was he? Do you imagine what kind of woman that might be? Maybe it was a man. I am a sugar baby. James, you don't have oh, to listen that to That sounds me. salacious, doesn't it? A wealthy older man and an attractive younger woman attending to his needs. Don't you crave details? Maybe if I were a novelist. Perhaps the more important question is which of these three confessions is most likely to be hers? Who's? Abigail's, of course. Grant. Abby, don't. no. Of course. Of course, but for kicks. If you had to choose one of them, dork, hand job, sugar baby. Hand job would almost be preferable, wouldn't it? What are you doing? Nearly contemplating the art. Isn't that the idea? To make people see things they hadn't, think things they don't want to, to provoke change? Isn't that right, James? Go now. I'm glad this torso is back in your possession. Perhaps it's not in good taste to throw one's secrets back at them, but it can be beneficial sometimes to be reminded of our beginnings. Grant exits. Abby turns to James. James. Abby reaches to touch him, but James moves to avoid it. She pulls back. Abby is quiet. Do you know how much I want to believe I'm a dork? Even if it means you're embarrassed by me, I want to believe I'm a dork. He had no right to come in here, James. It's over between us. As soon as you came back, it was over. So the whole time, you were sleeping with him for money. It's not that simple. You were sleeping with him? Yes. And he gave you money? Yes. So then... But he didn't give me money for sleeping with him, it's not like he left it on the nightstand on his way out the door. Any dress you put on it is diaphanous bullshit. It's over. Because of you, it's over. But it was going on while we weren't over. I 
was trying to figure out what... What's to figure out? I brought you home to my parents. You said you loved me. I do. I want to be with you. James gets up. Where are you going? I can't stay here. Don't leave. Talk to me. We can... No! Don't look at me. James exits the bedroom. Abby contemplates, picks up some item of James's, smells it, takes a few deep breaths as if to catch her breath. James exits from the bedroom with a small gym bag. Don't go. Was I not there enough, Abby? Was that it? I, I tried to be there. I really tried. You were. I just, I got in over my head. He just sucked you in? Yes. I didn't plan it. How do you do this by accident? He used to hang out in the coffee shop, you know, the one where I like to study. And one day we were in line getting refills and we started talking because the line was so long, I guess. And after that, if we were both there, we'd end up talking like about my classes or wine, wine. Or, or his kids, harmless. And then one day, it was kind of late, so he asks, do you want to have dinner? And I say, sure, I'll have a bagel because I was hungry. But he says he was thinking somewhere else, like leave the coffee shop. So I'm like, if you know somewhere that serves cheap ramen, sure. And I'm just joking. But he says he knows a Japanese place and that he would never make me pay if he was the one asking. And he was... A little old, but I figured a free meal is a free meal, right? And this was this was before that day in our old place with us, you know, when we... I, I couldn't know that we would ever... How, how could I know, okay? How could I know? So we had some sushi. Sushi? You ate sushi? Yeah, because I didn't want to be rude if he was buying sushi. So I just pretended like I ate it all the time, which... It was kind of embarrassing because did you know that you don't put the whole edamame shell in your mouth? The what? Never mind. Nothing. Nothing. And then we had dinner a few times, like after the coffee shop. And then, you know, there was too much sake one time and it just kind of happened. There was no you, James. I mean, not like we are now. And then he started paying you. It wasn't like that. It was my birthday, and he gives me a card and says he knows it's lame, but he didn't know what to get me, so he just gives me money and tells me to pick out something for myself. I missed your birthday. We weren't together yet. It's okay. Anyway, I guess I told him that I didn't need shoes or jewelry and that I hoped he wouldn't mind if I used the money towards school. And he says, no, it's your money. You do what you want with it. And then sometimes he'd just give me another birthday card with money in it. And you took it. It just didn't seem like a big deal. It did not seem like a big deal before or after you put the card on my piece. I never would put that label on it. Then why are you confessing to it? Because I want you to trust me. If we're going to mean anything to each other, we have to trust each other. And even if you didn't have any proof, you would always wonder. And that is no way to start our new life. I would have ended it. I was trying to end it. But then you left. You left me. And I was devastated, James, because I didn't think you were coming back. So I said, fuck it, because why not? You were gone, and I just wanted to wallow in misery and feel bad about myself because... I wasn't enough for you to stay. I left for us. 
I thought about you every day. But you didn't tell me that. This is my fault. No, I will not let you take the blame. I asked you what your secret was, remember? You know, I'm not good at this stuff, Abs, but I can see. I saw visions of us in a park with a little girl, pushing her swing and sneaking kisses while she squealed, Higher, Daddy. And I saw visions of that garden we talked about. You can't be a visual artist and not see a hair out of place or a strange bracelet. Is that new? A vague calendar appointment? It would be so simple to ask. Just ask. Why don't I ask? Because I don't want to know. Because I didn't want to stop feeling the way you make me feel. James. Abby reaches for James and he allows her touch. You rescued me. You rode back on your white horse and you rescued me. I ended it so we could live happily ever after. Please, please, James, please forgive me so we can live happily ever after. It's too late. James picks up his bag and indicates torso. She never hurt me this much. James exits. Abby breaks down. Lights out. Scene 11, June. The new James Abbey apartment. The boxes are gone, but the apartment is spare. Abby sits with a laptop on the couch. There is a knock on the door. Abby checks her phone for the time, appears puzzled, gets up, opens the door to Grant. Hello, Abigail. What are you... You, you can't. James is going to be home in soon. In about two hours. I wouldn't show up at your door if there were risk. May I come in? After what you did? <laughs> Um, now, the only difference between my encounter with James and your attempted iPad invasion is the degree to which I succeeded. Abby grudgingly moves aside to let him in. Why are... did I break a rule? Technically, no. Ethically, hmm. There are little rules that establish themselves without us even realizing. The first Tuesday of the month is your birthday. I always order the wine... When you see I've purchased Nuri, you know I'm in the mood for sushi, and you indulge me by making some. When I brush past you and kiss your neck just so, you know that I am amorous. It's hard to ignore these guideposts. But NSA means... I know what it means. But manners are what separate us from animals. Was I not worth more than a note after all this time? It was easiest. A clean break. Do you know that this was the longest arrangement I've ever had? I pride myself on easy exits. I even count several former babies among my friends. One-night cash-only deals? Are you trying to make an enemy of me? I am a good person to know, and they know that I am reliable in a crisis. Trust and discretion always. Trust. Day one, you said if either of us is unhappy, it's over. Cold turkey. Just like cigarettes. Except that you have put me in the awkward position of missing you far more than I ever missed a slow smoke after a good meal. Dig deep, Grant. You don't have the time or patience for addiction. James and I have a home here, and you must have a new daughter. Grant pulls out his phone. I have pictures. In spite of herself, Abby looks at the pictures. That's Alina. She's beautiful. We both have new starts. But soon, 
a tuition bill will arrive. I'll figure something out. Oh, well, if this is the best home you can afford, I am giddy with curiosity over what that might be. Of course, there is the matter of the apartment. I did tell you that whatever happened between us, it was yours for as long as you wanted. James and I could never live there. I'm not asking you to give him up. I won't. But it could be put to other use. And I'm sure you'll find one soon enough. Okay. What's it going to take, another 3000 a month? You're insulting me. <laughs> I believe you. Unlike the others, you've never angled for a sweeter deal. I never wanted for anything. You gave me every single thing Grant I... Grant suddenly grabs Abby, kisses her. Wanted. Except one. Isn't that right? No. I love you. What does that mean? It means I love you. Not me. Who I was with you. Abigail, I fucking love you. Grant! You're serious. I'm not the young guy in the room anymore. Sometimes that takes me by surprise. And sadly, I'm old enough to know that the rainbow disappears once you get close enough to touch it. But with you, prisms upon prisms, we make sense. We know each other's secrets. We can be ourselves with each other. What we have is beautiful and honest. Grant. You want to be the princess. And with me, you are. And I can continue to help you in so many ways. Today, a residency, an art show. Tomorrow, a law firm. James would have gotten his own show. He's good. Is he? And does it matter in a world where a mere phone call can open a spot in a prestigious residency? It's so much luck, which you surely know. Or you never would have asked me to give him help. I didn't ask you to send him away. I was curious how deep his feelings ran. You can't argue with the outcome. He's a good man. He's so happy. Because you gave him what he wanted, and nobody is going to take that away from him. You did try to take it away from him. But somehow he thinks I'm worth another chance. Do you know what I had to do? Do you know what I had to go through to get one? Of course I do, Abigail. But don't you see, you were in control all along. I almost lost him. Yes, and now trust and discretion have visceral value for you. You know what I know and will not make the same mistakes again. A most important lesson. You knew he would come back. Oh, it was surer than a stock pick, yes. He forgave me. How can I... How can I be just a cherished memory when I am part of you now? Grant kisses Abby again. It wasn't all about the money. If I had any feelings, you killed them. Oh, how convenient it would be if we could convince ourselves that were true. Gestures toward the torso. Do you know why I bought this? To help James. But also because you said you felt no guilt. And yet it's right there. You were ashamed. We are nothing to be ashamed of. But he doesn't deserve someone who's... What? Cares for him deeply, supports him wholeheartedly, believes in him, makes him happy, will never leave him. You do all those things, don't you? Yes. Yet you also care deeply for me. Yes. See how simple it is. Just have the courage of your convictions, darling. There is James and me. Yes. And there is us. Yes. Now we both understand. Trust and discretion. Always. But how do you... What do you want? Be fearless. Abby considers. Kisses Grant.
What lesson are we on? Who cares? Hmm. Lesson X, then. There is more than one way to have it all. Grant stops kissing to look at her. Exactly. Sweet Abigail. That's the final one. Abby smiles, kisses Grant. Lights fade until all that remains is one spot on the torso sculpture. End of play. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Brilliant Works of Art by Donna Hoke. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week. Play for Keeps podcast is produced in Ashland New Plays Festival and Play for Keeps. This podcast was produced by Andy Herndon. Art direction by Carr Quinn Lewis. Play for Keeps is directed by Jim Pagliasotti. Written content is edited by Carol Florian. Special thanks to Kyle Hayden, Jackie Apodaca, and Beth Kander. This is your host, Mary Claire Erdenast. Please visit us online at playforkeeps.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Help us spread the word. Follow, like, share, and retweet. See you next time at Play for Keeps Podcast. Books are meant to be read. Plays are meant to be said. 